Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic Drive Time. With Joe McLean and Emily Alcaraz. Praise be Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired. <laughs> I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you, praise be to God. Good morning to you, Emily. Good morning. Oh, I should <laughs> wait, say. Wait, wait, hold on. <laughs> what? What happened? Adrian Fonseca's on the ones and twos. Or is he? That's the question for today. Good morning to you, Adrian. It's like, what's going down over there? Uh, the computer's crashing in the, in the moment. So we have so, we uh, had an intro from like a year and a half ago? Yes. Just pop up a, arbitrarily? That's no, hilarious. it's a uh, old backup <laughs> file I had that I haven't updated and haven't needed it in over a uh, year. Well, so. maybe it's a reminder to pray for Emily today. So keep Emily Alcaraz in your prayers. Whatever she is doing today, I don't know, but let's pray for her. By the way, we're going to have a great show. Hopefully your weekend was really, really good. Praise be to God. We are going to be talking with Frater Giovanni coming up at 35 past the hour. He just made his pilgrimage to Our Lady of Guadalupe in Mexico City, and we want to talk about how Our Lady converted millions of pagans and how she might need to do it again, because society is utterly coming apart at the seams as we return back to chaos and paganism and the rest, and we're going to be conversating about that today. Hey, gas prices have soared to a 14th consecutive high with uh, over $5 per gallon average nationwide now. Many are saying we are already living a recession right now. A far-left activist group, Ruth Sent Us, has implored its followers to unleash protests at the church and home of Supreme Court Justice Amy Coney Barrett, targeting her children in particular. Uh, January 6th bombshell. I don't know if you caught the hearings. We're going to be talking about some of those January 6th hearings coming up at 15 past the hour. But apparently it's been revealed that Senator Chuck Schumer's office, his team, has received a tip from the FBI about possible January 6th violence the day before. Only they decided never to send that off to the Capitol Police to let them know. That's interesting. A senior and artificial intelligence a software engineer at Google has claimed that the company's AI robotic system has become sentient, has thoughts and feelings. So I wonder, uh, let's just pray we don't actually upset the thoughts and feelings of AI today. <laughs> okay. okay. And, uh, of course, uh, there was, uh, as uh, Adrian pointed out this morning, a pro-abort attack at St. Veronica's Church in Detroit, Michigan, where ladies, in protest of the pending abortion ruling coming out of the Supreme Court, stripped naked, had to be tossed out by other ladies because there were no men in, around to do the task. So all of that and more coming up this hour. Good morning to you again, Rudy Carlos. Good morning. Not uh, Emily. Not Emily. So uh, you look like you're well-rested. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Dear listener, if you could just whisper a prayer for my family today. Don't whisper, we, you'll uh, fall asleep. Don't do that. Yeah, don't do that. We, uh, we're crib training, so uh, I'm sure if you're a parent, you understand what that means. It's very difficult, and uh, appreciate your prayers today. Yeah. It's been a rough three days, but three days. happy to be here. Monday. Praise be to God. Got a lot of news to get through today. Yeah, we do. For sure. Uh, by the way, we, we do uh, change the format slightly today. Today's the first day of the new format, and if you donated last week, we're so grateful to you. God bless you for that. Thank you. We really appreciate that all across the Guadalupe Radio Network. And supporting your local Catholic radio station means so much to, to us, wherever you are. So Station of the Cross or 
the GRN, uh, thank you for supporting Catholic Radio. But at the top of our second hour, for those that can join us for the second hour, we are going to have another guest segment. In fact, today, Mark Houck, our friend from the Kingsman Apostolate, is going to be on to talk about uh, living virtuously. That's coming up in the next hour. And you can always join us on our website at grnonline.com forward slash cdt. Adrian, I know you had a rally over the weekend, I'm, I think. Yes, sir. Praise be to God. We had a rosary rally up on the uh, on Montrose in Houston, which, for all who don't know, Montrose is a very, uh, let's just say, a spot where immoral vice is prevalent in Houston. And we did a rosary rally for traditional marriage. Praise be to God. We have a lot of good people. Our friend Kim Sunderman and her husband Fred were out there, and a ton of uh, people we're out there. We had about 27 people and about 27 cops. Um, Officer Robles sent an entire fleet out there. Uh, so thank you, Officer Robles. And uh, it was great. Praise be to God. Tons of support and just shows that the majority of Americans actually support traditional marriage and not immoral vice. So Amen. overall, I would say a utter a positive and a and a win. I think. All right. Praise be to God. Let's uh, the, the men's march as well. I think happened over the weekend. So uh, lots of Lots of good things are happening in the midst of insanity, and there's lots of insanity, to be sure. Let's pray. Let's begin. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most sweet Jesus, that no one who has had recourse to thy sacred heart, implored its help, or sought its mercy was ever abandoned. Encouraged with confidence, O tenderest of hearts, we present ourselves before thee, crushed beneath the weight of our sins. In our misery, O sacred heart of Jesus, despise not our simple prayers, but mercifully grant our requests. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And now your headlines with Rudy Carlos. Good morning. Thanks for tuning in to Catholic Drive Time. Today is Monday, June 13th, and here are your headlines this morning. The Washington Examiner reports senators announce common-sense bipartisan framework deal on gun reforms. The legislation includes a federal grant program that would help states enact red flag laws that would allow law enforcement to keep guns away from individuals deemed to be potential threats to themselves or others. The legislation also included proposals referenced by Republican lawmakers, including billions in new funding for mental health and school safety, additional legislation dealing with straw purchases, and enhanced background checks for gun purchasers under the age of 21. The proposal does not include, however, other provisions favored by Democrats and gun control advocates, including raising the minimum age for purchasing certain weapons from 18 to 21. And the Daily Wire reports Home Depot wins ruling against U.S. Labor Board over Black Lives Matter apparel. The U.S. National Labor and Relations Board filed a case against Home Depot claiming that Home Depot had violated employees' rights by restricting Black Lives Matter messaging on their uniforms. Administrative law judge Paul Bogus, however, sided with the Home Improvement Retail Corporation, citing that there is no direct relationship between Black Lives Matter activism and the terms and conditions of employment. Breitbart reports California's sky-high costs forced Smithfield Foods to shut down hog plant in Golden State. Smithfield Foods, Incorporated announced shutting down a hog plant in California because of the exorbitant costs of doing business in the Golden State. Compared to plants in other states, utility costs in California is 3.5 times higher per head to produce pork. The higher expenses have in turn impacted the costs paid for the farm goods, with April's index of prices received for agricultural production up 5.1% compared to March and 28% higher than April 2021. Moreover, 
The livestock index increased a whopping 40% year-over-year, while poultry and eggs jumped 94% between April 2021 and April 2022. And the Epic Times reports West Virginia notifies six banks that they may be breaking state's fossil fuel anti-boycott law. Six banks have been warned by the West Virginia State Treasury that they may be in violation of a new law preventing the state from doing business with financial institutions, boycotting energy companies. In January of this year, West Virginia divested from BlackRock, the world's largest asset manager. BlackRock CEO Larry Fink has been outspoken in pressuring corporate leaders to commit to investment goals that will undermine reliable energy sources like coal, natural gas, and oil under the guise of helping the planet. But at the same time, he's pouring billions into new capital into China, turning a blind eye to abhorrent human rights violations, genocide, and the country's role in creating the COVID-19 global pandemic. And those were your headline news this morning. God love you. The saint of the day is Saint Anthony of Padua. Born in 1195, his journey as the servant of God began as a very young man when he decided to join the Augustinians in Lisbon, giving up a future of wealth and power to be a servant of God. Later, when the bodies of the first Franciscan martyrs went through the Portuguese city where he was stationed, he was again filled with an intense longing to be one of those closest to Jesus himself, those who die for the good news. So Anthony entered the Franciscan order and set out to preach to the Moors. But an illness prevented him from achieving that goal. He went to Italy and was stationed in a small hermitage where he spent most of his time praying, reading the scriptures, and doing menial tasks. The call of God came again at an ordination where no one was prepared to speak. The humble and obedient Anthony hesitatingly accepted the task. The years of searching for Jesus in prayer, of reading sacred scripture, and of serving him in poverty, chastity, and obedience had prepared Anthony to allow the Spirit to use his talents. Anthony's sermon was astounding to those who expected an unprepared speech and knew not the Spirit's power to give people's words. Recognized as a great man of prayer and a great scripture and theology scholar, Anthony became the first friar to teach theology to the other friars. Soon he was called from the post to preach to the Albigensians in France, using his profound knowledge of scripture and theology to convert and reassure those who had been misled by the, their denial of Christ's divinity and of the sacraments. After he led the friars in northern Italy for three years, he made his headquarters in the city of Padua. He resumed his preaching and began writing sermons, notes to help other preachers. In spring 1231, Anthony withdrew to a friary in Campo Serpinero, where he had sort of a treehouse built as a hermitage. There he prayed and prepared for death. On June 13th, he became very ill and asked to be taken back to Padua, where he died after receiving the last sacraments. He was canonized less than a year later and named a doctor of the church in 1946. St. Anthony of Padua, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Matthew chapter 5, verses 38 through 42. Jesus said to his disciples, You have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye, and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, offer no resistance to one who is evil. When someone strikes you on the right cheek, turn the other one to him as well. If anyone wants to go to law with you over your tunic, hand him your cloak as well. Should anyone press you into service for one mile, go with him for two miles. Give to the one who asks of you, and do not turn your back 
on the one who wants to borrow. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, St. Jerome would say, quote, Thus our Lord, by doing away all retaliation, cuts off the beginnings of sin. So the law corrects faults. The gospel removes their occasions. Close quote, St. Jerome. Pray for us. St. Gregory the Great would say, quote, There are who are so far to be endured as they rob us of our worldly goods, but there are whom we ought to hinder, and that without breaking the law of charity, not only that we may not be robbed of what is ours, but lest they, be, they by robbing others, destroy themselves. We ought to fear much more for the men who rob us than to be eager to save the inanimate things that they take from us. When peace with our neighbor is banished, the heart on the matter of worldly possessions, it is plain that our estate is more loved than our neighbor. Close quote, St. Gregory the Great. Pray for us. So what is he saying? What is he talking about here? Well, there's a fine line between justice and charity. We must not care as much about worldly possessions as about the actual final destination, the soul, the eternal destiny of those sinners that commit grave sins. Let us, let us uh, do penance. Let us suffer well. In fact, Hadock picks up on this a little bit. <clears throat> he says, not, uh, talking about not to resist evil, not to resist or revenge thyself of him that hath done evil to thee. He says, turn him the other cheek. Let him have also my cloak. These are to be understood as admonitions to Christians to forgive everyone and to, be, to bear patiently all manner of private injuries. But we must not from hence conclude it unlawful for anyone to have recourse to the laws when a man is injured and cannot have justice by any other means. What is here commanded is a Christian patience under injuries and affronts, and to be willing even to suffer still more rather than to indulge the desire of revenge. But what is further added does not strictly oblige according to the letter, for neither did Christ nor St. Paul turn the other cheek. Let's quote Hadock's commentary. Let us suffer well for those that would commit grave sins. That doesn't mean you're not entitled to justice or have recourse to justice. But let us not forget about the opportunity. Let's not squander that opportunity to suffer well for those that commit grave sins because they risk not having anyone to pray for them. As our Lord, as our Lady said at Fatima in 1917. Hey, don't go anywhere. What's Concerning Us is coming up next. We'll be right back. Looking for a Catholic university where the greatest works of Western and Catholic tradition are the foundation for learning, all in an environment that is faithful to the magisterium? Recommended by the Cardinal Newman Society, the University of Dallas offers an exceptional liberal arts education, preserving the wisdom of the past while preparing students for the world-changing futures. Academically excellent, always faithful. Apply today at udallas.edu. Among the many arguments relativists give to prove their worldview, one is that moral beliefs change. For example, they might say, we used to believe slavery was okay, but now we don't. If there were moral absolutes, well then moral beliefs wouldn't change. How do we respond? 
Well, we can ask the relativists if we've morally progressed in changing our country's slavery laws. Assuming they say yes, we can point out the fact that progress implies an objective moral standard that our society better conforms to today than it did 150 plus years ago. But if there is an objective moral standard that we've progressed toward, well then morality is not relative. So the relativism either has to give up on the idea that we've progressed morally in order to keep relativism, or reject relativism to keep the idea of moral progress. I'm Carlo Brusard with a ready reason for Catholic Answers. Catholic.com. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. It's so good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Good morning. Coming up at uh, 35 past the hour, Frater Giovanni is back in studio with us. He made his pilgrimage down to Our Lady of Guadalupe in Mexico City. We want to talk to him about that journey, and I find it very fascinating because Our Lady converted millions of pagans uh, to the faith at a time when millions were abandoning the faith across Europe to uh, Protestantism, and how we might call upon Our Lady of Guadalupe once again to convert us, because we are in such great need of that. That's coming up at 35 past the hour, so stick around for that if you can. Praise be to God. There are, as I say, lots of stories in the news that are great concern to me, and I'm sure they are to you as well. I'm reminded today of Isaiah, the chapter 5, I think it's verse 20. It says, Woe to you that call evil good and good evil, that put darkness for light and light for darkness, They put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. That was a Douay Rheims uh, translation, by the way. So many stories that are great, greatly concerning to me. I don't know if you catch these stories, and I always wonder whether or not it's just media hyping the worst part of society uh, that I somehow catch all of these terrible headlines, these video clips, as I'm searching and scanning the headlines. Uh, there was a, a story out of Michigan. Uh, there was a couple stories out of Michigan over the weekend. One was a man got brutally beaten um, getting out of his car. That was his crime. He stepped out of his car in a neighborhood he guessed he wasn't supposed to be in. Possibly he wasn't the right tone of skin. I'm not sure. But he was brutally beaten by what seemingly the headline said the entire neighborhood. And then they stole his car. Of course, you don't have to look very far. You can see you know, video after video after video of senseless violence on the streets of Brooklyn or one of the boroughs in New York. I mean, almost every single weekend there's new clips out about that. Then, of course, we had the protest at St. Veronica's in Detroit where women stripped naked in protest of what they think is going to come out of the Supreme Court, which hasn't been announced yet, by the way. But nonetheless... They're in protest, and so they're attacking churches. And then, of course, Ruth sent us is now targeting the children of a Supreme Court justice. They're firebombing uh, pro-life pregnancy centers all across the nation. And we're seeing, like, drag queen story hours continue. I mean, we're calling evil good and good evil. We live in a day and an age where we live in bizarre world. And then I was reminded, of course, last week we had the January 6th hearings. And don't worry, nobody else watched it either, except for the far left, who really wants to leverage this opportunity as a propaganda piece. And we saw that even some bishops came out tweeting their, their gleefulness about how they loved these January 6th hearings, comparing Donald Trump 
on the down low. They didn't name names, but they made a, a veiled reference comparing Donald Trump to Adolf Hitler. Well, college you is. I was reading over the weekend out of this book here. It's called A Declaration Dependence. A Declaration of, of Dependence. Trusting God Admits Totalitarianism, Paganism, and War by Archbishop Fulton Sheen. And there's a great quote in here uh, that I was thinking about while contemplating the perversity and lack of justice and charity in the world that we're living in today. Archbishop Fulton Sheen says on page 15 of this book, quote, There are too many divisions and classes among us in America right now. Too many hates. Too few deep loves. Too much tolerance based on expediency. And not enough tolerance grounded in charity. Too much tolerance of evil. And not enough intolerance of justice. Close quote. Venerable Archbishop Fulton Sheen. Pray for us. I'll give you an example. Uh, we found out this morning um, in an article published over at justthenews.com, the headline says January 6th bombshell. Senator Chuck Schumer's team received FBI intel about possible violence. Frontline cops didn't. I'll read a little bit of the article to you. It says FBI intelligence warning that January 6th protesters might violently storm the Capitol, target lawmakers, and blockade Democrats in tunnels were never sent to frontline police commanders and officers, but was quietly emailed the night before to a top aide at Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer's, according to documents that raise new concerns that politics trumped security preparedness in the, in the fateful hours before the riot. Capitol Police Deputy Chief Sean Gallagher emailed top Schumer aide Kelly Fado, now the Senate's Deputy Sergeant of Arms, at about 9.40 p.m. on January the 5th, saying he wanted to, quote, provide you visibility, close quote, to new intelligence that an FBI threat analysis center had received from a website owner, according to documents obtained by Just the News. The information explicitly warned that demonstrators had detailed maps of the tunnel systems around the Capitol frequented by lawmakers and their staffs, and they were plotting to create a perimeter for potential violence and to, fun, to find, quote, Democratic members early to block them from entering the Capitol, close quote. One point of entry the rioters were targeting was the Library of Congress, he warned. Quote, the owner of the website submitted an online tip to the FBI NTOC, the National Threat Operations Center, stating that he, was, that he has noticed a significant uptick in new visitors to his website, close quote, Gallagher wrote, going on to say, quote, we have identified numerous open source comments indicating groups' intentions of finding the tunnel entrances and confronting blocking members of Congress. Additionally, he said, we have seen a huge uptick with reporting via open source of the group's intentions of forming a perimeter around the campus, indicating, uh, or rather going on to say, from 0, 0600 to 1000 hours in order to block all MOCs from getting inside our perimeter to the building with spots identified for direct action. Gallagher uh, Fado, the Capitol Police Press uh, Office, did not respond to requests for comment on Thursday. This article goes on to severely underprepared for this event on January 6th. Well, as Catholics, we ought to be concerned with the facts, with truth, with justice. 
And we ought not to play politics with justice. Because when we do, bad things always happen. It happens on the right, it happens on the left, and as Catholics, we ought to be very concerned about the actual facts. So why didn't the, the January 6th committee actually talk about the fact that uh, President Donald Trump requested, offered National Guard uh, help and assistance to Capitol Police a week before, but it was denied more than once. It didn't want it. Why can't we talk about the fact that Senator Chuck Schumer's office had critical detailed information the night before, but it was not passed on to frontline police officers. Is that allowed to be talked about? How about, uh, are we allowed to talk about police, the, the, the countless videotape of police allowing people into the Capitol? And that sends a very confusing message to protesters who are being allowed into the building. I'm just, it's very confusing. What are you supposed to make of that? Did they break the law when a police officer allows them in? ushers them in what about that footage of the police officer walking the guy with the the viking horns with his painted chest and his spear with the american flag remember that guy still in jail by the way but that guy got allowed into the house floor and he was escorted by a capitol police officer he didn't get arrested or, or hauled out of there at that moment the guy was allowing them in that's obviously very very confusing there's a lot of very confusing details about this event and it should make us very concerned that there is a very lopsided approach to this. As Catholics, we should be very concerned about justice. Let the chips fall where they may. You don't have to, uh, you don't have to make go on a stretch here. You don't have to make conclusions that support one political party or another. You could just simply look at the facts as they are and make an assessment. And as I said on January uh, 7th, live on the radio, why were hundreds of thousands of Americans feeling compelled to be on the mall on January 6th? It's because they felt their voices were not being heard. They felt there was no one who was listening to them, and they really wanted their voice being heard. And out of the hundreds of thousands of people that showed up on the mall that day, the vast majority weren't at all violent or disrespectful or breaking the law. I mean, the only one person who lost their life that day was a protester at the hands of a Capitol Police officer. No Capitol Police officers were killed by protesters that day. We know that now. So it is a very uh, tricky situation, to be sure. As I said on January 7th of that year, uh, I do not condone people who do break the law. In fact, I was very disturbed to watch video of people attacking the trying to break the windows of the Capitol building, like and, and to watch some of the protesters try to remove the people who were doing that themselves because no police officer was. The protesters themselves were trying to tackle these these agitators and remove them from the scene. But I watched that live on camera, them trying to break windows and protesters were like, We're not putting up with this and tried to take them out. But what about those other protesters that were attacking police officers, throwing uh, you know, all kinds of things at them? And everybody else standing around watching them. That is tr problematic. That was problematic. Americans want their voice to be heard. They want a fair shake. And they want their voice to be heard. As Catholics, no matter your political ideology or bent, you ought to care about that as well. We believe in truth. Because truth is a person. That person is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He saves us. He is saving us. And he will save us. But we have to trust in him. Above all things.
We must be married to the faith above our political ideologies. We must be married to the truth and let the chips fall where they may. But we have uh, some people within the church who have made their choice along political ideologies. And they are happy to tweet that out to further fan the flame of division in our country. Further fan the flame of, of these broken ideologies. These ideologies will not save you. These ideologies will not bring peace upon earth. Only Christ is capable of, uh, capable of that. And the treasure trove of the graces that he pours down upon us wicked, evil servants. So I want to talk to you just for the last minute here about the solution to all the world's problems. In a day and an age where we seem to have turned back towards paganism, by in the droves, I would say, I mean, just look around. How many, how many Catholics, supposedly Catholics, do you know right now, openly embrace homosexual ideology? Openly embrace the destruction of marriage in our country? Openly embrace uh, the pro-abortion ideology? Or, or giving out communion to grave publicly, public offenders who refuse to repent? Openly embrace uh, critical race theory as though it is something to be embraced as Catholics? There are so many broken, so much brokenness and so much evil in the world. The real answer for us is to live in a state of grace. Is to live in a state of grace. How does, you, how does one live in a state of grace? It's easy. It's easy. All you have to do is go to confession frequently and receive the sacraments. Make use of sacramental graces that God gives to you, the brown scapular, and all the rest. Embrace the Lord. Embrace His church. In spite of the evil that surrounds us in and outside of the church, your call, your job, your duty, and so is mine, is to live in a state of grace. We'll be right back. More breaking news with Father Giovanni is up next. Years ago, when I started acting, modeling, and singing in Mexico, my Catholic faith was not the center of my life. It took me many years to discover that success, fame, money, and all the pleasures of the world were not going to fulfill me. I got to a point in my life where I thought I had everything, but I realized something was missing. Thankfully, I began a faith journey that brought me back to God and the home to the Catholic Church. You can too. Discover more at CatholicsComeHome.com. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever noticed what happens when you try to keep up with the current fashions? You go nuts. When we are obsessed with keeping up with the times, we become slaves. Fashions are never settled. To chase something that is always changing is simply futile. It's not freedom, it's insanity. G.K. Chesterton says, The Catholic Church is the only thing that saves a man from the degrading slavery of being a child of his age. Christianity is always out of fashion because it's always sane and fashions are always insane. The Catholic Church never has to worry about being behind the times because it is beyond the times. Want more than a minute? Visit our website, chesterton.org. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. And now, more headlines. Breitbart reports Biden to announce Pan-American migration routes to U.S. economy. Biden will announce new Pan-American migration pipelines into Americans' workplaces, housing, and markets, a senior administration official told reporters. 
What you'll see tomorrow are additional efforts to try to sustain employers in the U.S. to more easily bring in workers from that region, the official said. The inflow of new workers will help Wall Street by pushing Americans' wages down, driving up their rents, and spiking consumer demand for used cars, gasoline, baby food, and other items. LifeSite reports Tucker Carlson interviews Catholic exorcists on reality of demons and the power of God. A main task of exorcists, Father Lampert related, is finding the entry point of the demonic in a person's life. When asked about this, he recalled one Italian woman, like many people who suffer from, pos from possession, she had participated in occult practices including consulting mediums or psychics and using witchcraft. Father Lampert strongly warned against such activity, noting that it establishes a connection to the demonic world and inevitably results in diabolic attacks. Another common way demons penetrate people's lives is through habitual mortal sin, by which people become so disconnected from God that they try to create their own truth. And that's exactly what the devil did in his fall, Father Lambert said. He observed that many today live by three guiding principles. You may do whatever you wish, no one has a right to command you, and you're the God of yourself. By the way, we also interviewed Father Lampert. Uh, you can find that on our YouTube page. Just search for Catholic Drive Time and Father Lampert. And the Blaze reports Iran and Venezuela signed 20-year agreement. Venezuela's socialist leader Nicolas Maduro and Iran's hardline theocratic president Ibrahim Raisi recently signed a 20-year cooperation agreement. The Associated Press reported that this new agreement came just one day after Maduro praised the Iranian Islamic Republic for sending badly needed fuel to Venezuela despite American sanctions. In a joint press conference on Saturday, Raisi and Maduro signed a 20-year agreement that solidified the country's commitment to economic, political, and militaristic cooperation. And Breitbart reports, couple raises thousands to donate formula to shelters caring for babies. A couple from Long Island, New York, struggling amid the baby formula shortage, recently took it upon themselves to help others in the same situation. Inspired after struggling to find formula for their newborn, the couple raised almost $5,000 to help stock baby formula in food shelters in Nassau County, as well as other donated items from all over the U.S. And those were your headline news this morning. God love you. Praise be to God in all things. Thank you, Rudy, for keeping us up today. Joining us in studio once again is Frater Giovanni. He's uh, with the Norbertines. Good morning to you again. Thank you for hanging out with us. Good morning, Joe. Thank you for having me. We had you on, I guess it's just about a week ago or so, maybe just under... No, it was a week ago. It was a week ago. A week ago today, as a mm -hmm. matter of fact. And uh, we were talking about the Sacred Heart of Jesus, praise be to God. But uh, you told us you were making a trip down to uh, Mexico City to visit Our Lady. And I thought that would be a cool follow-up. So you went down to Mexico. Why did you go and what did you do? We went to Mexico. Well, Our Lady wanted a documentary of sorts made on the miraculous truths of the Tilma that science can't explain. Mm. So... Gabe and I, Gabriel Castillo, who has uh, a great YouTube Gabby channel, after hours, Gabby After yeah. Hours, um, he had the, we were brainstorming in his office, trying to figure out where we could get good footage of Our Lady of Guadalupe. <laughs> and so we're thinking oh, about <laughs> different places in Houston, and you know, where could we go, where is there a nice image, yeah. and then we had this moment of silence, and it was like <laughs> the light bulb both struck for us at the same time, and we're yeah. like, Mexico City, yeah. let's do it. So... From that moment to the time everything was financed and uh, benefactor supported to having transportation, lodging, a safe place, all of that stuff. Yeah. And the biggest mountain, which was convincing my parents not to kill me. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was like six hours. So wow. uh, our lady really wanted this to be made. And so we were able to go there. We were able to film, despite the fact that the Mexican government is pretty against anyone filming there they're, yeah they're very strict about that but I mean, i'm it, sure it helps when you 
walk around dressed like the Pope, I guess. You know, <laughs> they, they give a little bit more leeway. It's like, yeah, that's funny. Wow, praise be to God. So uh, for those that have never been to the Basilica of Our Lady of Guadalupe, mm-hmm. um, they have like an escalator type of thing, like mm-hmm. the one, like those long walk escalator walkways at airports. <laughs> at they airports, got those, yeah. right? They do, because it, at first I thought, we got there at an unusual time when there were not nearly as many people as I was expecting. Really? Which was really a great blessing in, in a way, because we were able to have kind of a private, so to speak, intimate moment with, with Our Lady in the Tilma, yeah. um, because there weren't enormous crowds at that particular moment. So I saw the, the moving escalators, and I thought it was a bit unnecessary. You know, I was like, you know, why, you know, why do we have to keep the line moving so much? But then we came back a couple of days later just to say goodbye to Our Lady before we flew back to Texas. Mm-hmm. And there were 10,000 people at the Mass. Really? And, you know, standing outside the Basilica. And then I realized, and then I saw the, the line to just even pass by Our Lady, and it was, mm-hmm. you know, through the building, you know, wrapped around. And I realized, okay, all right, the escalator thing kind of makes sense now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. but I, I, I can say that I've seen, I don't know, hundreds, thousands of images of Our Lady of Guadalupe, mm-hmm. one right behind you, Joe. Mm-hmm. And none of them can even come close really? to the original. Really? So, and, and I can't explain how or why or what, but I'm telling you this thing is alive. Hmm. This image of Our Lady is living. This is not a, a picture. This is a living image of the Mother of God. And still to this day, it's the only image that we have directly from heaven of Our Lady. Mm-hmm. It's the only one we have. Every every other image was painted by man in some way, inspired still, yeah. nonetheless. Yeah. But this is the only one that we have given to us directly from the Mother of God, revealing her image, her countenance, and her disposition. And like you were, were sort of talking about with all of the chaos in the news, and it seems like if there were ever a time that God could send fire and brimstone, <laughs> it would be right now. That's funny. I was mm. just saying that before the show started. And uh, what's amazing is that nothing's really new because Mm -hmm. Our Lady appeared at a time, she actually appeared right around the same hillside that about 30 years earlier, this is Tepeyac Hill, Mm -hmm. which is where Juan Diego picked the roses and where Our Lady was appearing. That very same hillside, that area, was the place of about 30 years earlier, an Aztec sacrifice human sacrifice of about 80,000 slaves Yeah, where the, the Aztec priests would put these live living human sacrifices onto these altar stones, rip their hearts out, eat their hearts, and then even clothe themselves with the skin of some of their victims. Yeah. It's insane. So that is, that's the context in the area that mm-hmm. the Virgin Mary appeared. She should have destroyed the earth. Yes. But yeah. she didn't. Yeah. She appeared as the very thing that that Aztec people had contempt for, a humble, pregnant virgin. Mm-hmm. And she also appeared as a mestiza, which at that time was the untouchable of society. She appears as, as she is in the, in the Tilma, a mix between a Spaniard and an Aztec. So the lowest person in society at that time was... The, the the more or less the bastard child of a of a Spaniard and an Aztec, mm-hmm. and that is how she appeared. 
Yeah. Showing us that, as our Lord said, what you do to the least of mine, so you have done to me. And Our Lady came and she took that very personage and she revealed not a message of destruction, fire and brimstone, but she's holding back the hand of God from giving us what we deserve. Yeah. And instead she just comes bringing a message of mercy. I mean, look at her. There's nothing harsh in her. I mean, just look at her. There's, it's nothing but gentleness. Yeah, for sure. In love. Yeah. Who, who you can understand why Maximilian Kolbe spent his whole life asking the question, <laughs> "Who are you?" Right. Mm. Yeah. Oh, Immaculata. Who are you? The great mystery. You know, uh, she she stayed the hand of the angel mm-hmm. at Fatima, mm-hmm. who came to to bring justice to the world because that's what we deserve. Right. Is justice and uh, today's gospels uh, talking about justice and long suffering mm-hmm. and our Lord and Our Lady, you know, talk about long suffering. Uh, and every every December the twelfth, I like to read from Warren Carroll's bo- uh, little book, his little booklet on Our Lady of Guadalupe, and I like to read the description of the wholesale slaughter of human persons at the hands of the of the Aztecs and the Mayans. And uh, I I do that to remind our listeners of the gravity and the seriousness by which. Satan had conquered those peoples, Mm -hmm. and how Our Lady loved them enough to come convert them. And the bishop of the time, he had written to the king in Spain, and he said, if something doesn't change quickly, the West will be lost. That there will never be a chance for Christianity to really take hold Mm -hmm. in the West. And so the, the Spanish missionaries were there for about a decade with pretty much no success before Our Lady of Guadalupe appeared. Yeah. And then here you have this humble handmaiden Mm -hmm. appearing on the very site of child and human sacrifice. Right. And she captures the hearts of an entire continent. Yeah. And it was amazingly, you know, within that first decade, about 10 million people, 10 million um, native Indians were converted to Christianity, which changed more or less a, a culture of destruction and death to a culture of grace and of love. Yeah. At that very same time, over in Europe, five million Catholics left the church for Protestantism. Right. So it's interesting that here we had, you know, centuries of evangelization and preaching and missions and all of this stuff. The great saints. The great saints. And still they abandoned. Still the they abandoned. Yeah. But one image of one mother of God converted yeah. the whole continent. All right, hold that thought. Frater Giovanni is our guest. He's with the Norbertines, and we're talking about his trip down to Our Lady of Guadalupe and Our Lady and uh, her miracles and the need for a great conversion once again. This world is in desperate need of a great conversion. Let's pray and ask her for that. But uh, we're going to be back for more in just one moment. Don't go anywhere. Looking for a Catholic university where the greatest works of Western and Catholic tradition are the foundation for learning, all in an environment that is faithful to the magisterium? Recommended by the Cardinal Newman Society, the University of Dallas offers an exceptional liberal arts education, preserving the wisdom of the past while preparing students for the world-changing futures. Academically excellent, always faithful. Apply today at udallas.edu. Men, it's time. The Men's March to End Abortion and Rally for Personhood is Saturday, June 11th, the weekend before Father's Day, from 12 to 3 p.m. in Tallahassee, Florida. 
Men gather at 12 p.m. for the march. All women, children, and families join us for the 2 p.m. rally at the Florida State Capitol. You are needed. Every life matters. Join us on June 11th in Tallahassee. For more information, go to themensmarch.com. Hi, this is Walter Crawford with Homeschool Connections, a proud sponsor of the Guadalupe Radio Network. Please save the date for this year's The Catholic Homeschool Conference. It's virtual, so you can attend from the comfort of your own home or from an in-person watch party in your local community. It's Friday, June 10th, and Saturday, June 11th. Our theme this year is empowering you to homeschool joyfully. May God continue to bless your homeschool journey. More information is available at catholichomeschoolconference.com. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Frontier Giovanni is our guest with the Norbertines. Talking about his trip to Our Lady Guadalupe uh, last, this past week. And the powerful message and image of Our Lady. And uh, I've always had a great affinity. You know, I tell you what, Frontier, welcome back to the show. I have grown in, because uh, I love history. History is my favorite subject. Even when I was a kid. I was, by the way. 10th grade history student of the year. Wow. Just so you know. You're wow. in the presence of That's a great historian. That's pretty amazing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think I got a certificate. I'm not even sure. Well, I'm, yeah. I'm sure at least one. Uh, probably. Yeah. yeah. But at any rate, uh, you know, in high school, the way they teach in school, the way they teach the history of Europeans coming to colonize and dominate the, the indigenous peoples, you know, they make Hernan Cortez out to be a really bad guy. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, you know, I have grown to love Hernan Cortez. His journey while he was conquering the Aztec uh, Empire was a dire- he felt it was a direct battle against Satan himself, and he felt he owed God the need to 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 be victorious. And he was vastly outnumbered, mm-hmm. and he drove what little men he had to the brink of utter destruction, but refused to quit. Well before there was uh, Navy SEALs, Hernan Cortez fought tens of thousands and refused to give up in spite of overwhelming odds. And, and he, he atti- after being kicked out of Mexico City, he comes back, surrounds the place, and is determined to destroy Satan mm-hmm. in his lair. And he does so for the glory of God and for Our Lady. Mm-hmm. And when you read the actual, like, um, Bernal Diaz was his companion. And Bernal Diaz actually recorded, took a journal of all, everything that happened. Those, all those years, Bernal was right by, beside Hernan Cortez. And he, it's because of Bernal Diaz we know the actual events. And we know the heart of Hernan Cortez and his love for Our Lord and Our Lady. And it was not gold that drove him. Gold was necessary for for funding the uh, Crusades, uh, but it was conquering Satan that drove him. History is, it's not black and white, despite what our modern culture tries to recreate and put, especially historical figures, into these little boxes. Mm -hmm. That really oversimplifies, I think it's kind of a moral justification for our own lack of religion, that we want to look back at these historical figures and call them good or bad or evil, just to make ourselves feel better or something. I don't know. When the truth is, like you're saying, there's a whole lot more there to the story than just these evil Westerners trying to, you know, don't get me wrong, there were moments of, yeah. of that. Oh, sure. But there was, but 
embedded in so much of that was a real mission to save the mm -hmm. world from the evil one and to conquer it for the glory of God. Yeah. Now, anything, that, which is also why Our Lady of Guadalupe is so amazing, because she did what no one could do with arms and weapons and fleets and armadas. She captured the hearts of every nation. Yeah. She transformed the world. She did what no human could ever do by force of arms. Like our Lord says that in being lifted up on the cross, I will draw all men to myself. So too Our Lady and Our Lady of Guadalupe, by being raised up this image of the tilma, by being raised up in this basilica in Mexico City, she has drawn all men to herself. Mm. And as I was saying to you off air that, I mean, I had no expectation when going to Mexico City of what the basilica was going to be like or the grounds, but the presence of Mary is palpable. That's amazing. You can feel her presence everywhere on, on the grounds. Mm -hmm. And if you're on the fence about going, <laughs> do it. Trust me. I mean, it's, yeah. it, and also uh, something about the Tilma of seeing it up close and in person that really struck me that you never, never comes through in any other reproduction is, are the light rays behind her. Wow. It, it, it's, it's like the image is backlit, mm -hmm. even though it's not, because there's a steel, basically a steel cage behind it, yeah, protecting it's like, it's, it. It's like in a... Uh, it's in a vault. It's, yeah, it's in a vault. It's yeah. in a vault. So there's, there's no lighting behind it, but it, it looks like the sun is actually coming forth from her. That's amazing. Yeah, it, it's, it's stunning. How big is the tilma? It's about five or six feet tall. Yeah, I think. I mean, it, I, I'm pretty sure this is a like, like a, a hundred one. Yeah, one to one. Yeah, the, one, the image behind choice. me is like an actual, actual size mm -hmm. picture, photo picture taken and printed on this paper. You know, Frater Giovanni, I was just thinking. You know, we talked about this off air just a second ago, and I want to get your thoughts on this. You know, Professor Plinio would talk about how Mexico he saw as a sleeping giant that there has been a malaise that's happened over Mexico, a forced malaise over the course of, you know, the Cristero Wars and the current form of government they have there. But Our Lady of Guadalupe will one day rouse the Mexican people from their slumber. And when that happens, it'll be a glorious day because Our Lady of Guadalupe clearly has a particular love for the Mexican people. Uh, what's, what was your perception while you were there? Well, it makes me kind of want to be Mexican a little bit, <laughs> but you know, you got you got to you got to play the cards you're dealt. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> so, you know, I'm, I'm waiting for Our Lady of Orange County, California, to appear. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's also amazing that she's the the patroness of the Diocese of Orange in California, mm -hmm. and she's the she's been the the entire uh, northern or North America has been consecrated to her. The Americas have been consecrated to her, and I I don't think that we can separate. Um, American Catholicism with uh, Mexican Catholicism in a way because they're united in Our Lady of Guadalupe. Mm -hmm. She's so embedded, and we see that in Houston a lot, of course, but she's so embedded in just what it means to be Catholic that, but what, you know, being there, I mean, she is everywhere in Mexico. Mm -hmm. She is everywhere. There, there is not a soul there that does not, which I was just really struck by, one, how many people are in Mexico City, like 25 million or something. It's a massive city. But just thinking about how every single person here knows about this woman, it, it's just pretty remarkable mm -hmm. that 
there she is, shrouded in silence, not saying a word, and yet she's capturing the hearts of the entire Mexican people. And really, she's saving Christianity. I mean, that's, but that's what the Mother of God does. Yeah. She saves Christianity, always. We need her to, we need her to do it again, though. Yes. You know, um, well, she's looking at us, and she's saying, I need you to go do it. Yeah, you know, years ago, years ago, many years ago, I was praying and asking for a miracle. I wanted another, I wanted another Our Lady Guadalupe here in the in America because I felt like the world was just going in such a bad direction. Mm-hmm. And guess what? All these years, fast forward, I was right. The world is going in a bad direction. You were right. So, pff, I was that, was. that was the history yeah, major yeah, part. That's what that yeah. was. Uh, you know, and I was praying. I was praying for like weeks, begging the Lord to send Our Lady again to convert so many. And I think part of it is, to be honest with you, is as a dad, I have, you know, six kids, four entrusted to the mercy of God, six kids here on earth and three grandkids now. And as a dad, is, is my job is to protect, guard and guide them. You know, I don't want my kids to have to grow up amongst insane people. Right. And in fact, that's exactly what we're dealing with now is we're, we're growing up in, in the midst of insane people. And I wanted Our Lady to come and, and transform the society to make my job easier right. as a dad. Well, what's also amazing about this image is kind of like talking about how she's a mestiza, where she's the, the quote-unquote mixed breed, the yeah. untouchable. Yeah, because her skin tone changes based on your, it, it your, does, yeah. your distance to the tilma. Which is, it's the only phenomena of a, of a two-dimensional surface right. that, that does that. It, yeah. it, it's something that happens in nature, for example, when you're looking at the the leaves, or sorry, the, the, the feathers of birds and things like that, or mm-hmm. beetles, how the color will change depending on the angle and the direction and all of that. Yeah. This is the only two-dimensional surface in the world that actually does that same, has that same sort of wow. optical phenomena, because it's it's alive. She's alive in this image. And scientists even went, I think it was Dr. Calhoun, back in the 80s, he went and he took the temperature of Our Lady. Despite the fact that the vault changes temperature in tens of degrees throughout the year, mm-hmm. which is what's supporting the actual image, the the flesh of Mary is 98.6 degrees, Yeah, which is, of course, the temperature of the average living human body. Right. And other scientists went and they, I mean, the mystery of her pupils, which are three, three sixteenths or five sixteenths of an inch, something like that. Right. And they, uh, a NASA scientist went and he, he expanded under a microscope 2,500 times her pupils. Mm-hmm. And what he found was there was a scene reflected right. in there. Yeah. And it was the very scene at the moment that Juan Diego dropped and yeah. unfurled his tilma from the perspective of Mary. Mm-hmm. But then optometrists went and they looked and they saw that the scene is reflected perfectly and proportionately in each eye, so it, the right eye and the left eye... As re- if the eyes were alive. As if they're alive and as if they're three-dimensional surfaces because right. they actually follow the curvature of the cornea. Which is amazing. Which is not possible on a two-dimensional surface. Yeah. And then other scientists went through and as they would apply light to her pupils and take the light away, her pupils would dilate and contract. 
Mm-hmm. Somebody explain that to me. Yeah. Please. Yeah. I would love to hear an explanation. I remember the, the, the testimony of the Japanese ophthalmologist yeah. who was it was under like under a, a magnifying glass studying the eyes and he saw them look back at him. And then he fainted. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, amazing. Of course we all remember uh Hillary Clinton asking mm-hmm. uh, you know, who made this, you know, and and the, and the uh her womb was glowing. Yeah. You know, it was emanating a special light. And, uh, and they're like, yeah, uh, the mother of God. Yes. I, I, think the, I think the exact answer to the, that the priest gave was when, when Hillary Clinton asked, who, who made this? Yeah. He said, God. <laughs> yeah. And that was it. <laughs> God. And God. she was like, ah, okay, God made this. Yeah. yeah, right. You know, what an amazing testimony. When we look for miracles every day, and we're like, where is God in this moment or that moment? And yet this 500-year-old mm-hmm. miraculous image... Uh, in everything around her is deteriorating, from what I understand, except for her. They, they, back in the, I don't know, it was 1700s, a scientist accidentally spilled nit- nitric acid mm-hmm. on the tilma, which should just burn through yeah. the agave. And you can still see a slight stain in the upper right corner um, mm-hmm. from what's left. But what happened over the next month was, not only did it not burn through it, yeah. but the witnesses described that it was as if the tilma healed itself. Wow. And came back to its exact original That's pretty form. pretty impressive. And the nitric acid stopped before it touched Mary. Yeah. Of course. Well, we'll continue our conversation with the Frater Giovanni from the Norbertines on Our Lady Guadalupe in the after show, which is the second half of the next hour. If you can join us, we'd love to have you. Mark Hout from the Kingsman is also coming up in the next hour, so join us if you can at grnonline.com forward slash CDT. If you can't, we'll see you back here tomorrow morning. Atheists have often viewed belief in God as wishful thinking, a projection of an idea because man fears death. But is this a fair claim? The answer is no, and here are some reasons why. First, not everyone accepts God's existence for this reason. There are many who acknowledge his existence on the grounds of reasonable arguments. Second, even if someone does believe in God for this reason, it says nothing whether or not the proposition, God exists, is true. And finally, third, the theist could turn the table and say atheists reject God simply because they're scared of a divine rule maker and don't want to submit. Obviously, this is not evidence that can be used in support of theism. So is atheism justified because belief in God is wishful thinking? Absolutely not. I'm Carlo Broussard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. Hi, this is Walter Crawford with Homeschool Connections, a proud sponsor of the Guadalupe Radio Network. Please save the date for this year's The Catholic Homeschool Conference. It's virtual, so you can attend from the comfort of your own home or from an in-person watch party in your local community. It's Friday, June 10th and Saturday, June 11th. Our theme this year is empowering you to homeschool joyfully. May God continue to bless your homeschool journey. More information is available at catholichomeschoolconference.com. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. G.K. Chesterton says, You are free in our time to say that God does not exist. You are free to say that He exists and is evil. You are free to say that He would like to exist if He could. You may talk of God as a metaphor or a mystification. You may water Him down with gallons of long words or boil him to rags of metaphysics. And it is not merely that nobody punishes, but nobody protests. 
But if you speak of God as a fact, as a thing like a tiger, as a reason for changing one's conduct, then the modern world will stop you somehow if it can. We are long past talking about whether an unbeliever should be punished for being irreverent. It is now thought irreverent. Hi, I'm Blake Pellerin from Arrows Rugby, Houston's only Catholic rugby club, and St. Rose of Lima Catholic Community. You're listening to AM 1430 KSHJ Houston, part of the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. Great conversation with Frater Giovanni there. We're going to continue that conversation about Our Lady Guadalupe in the after show, which is the second half of this hour. If you want to join us for that, he'll be back on with us. Praise be to God. Now, today is the first day where we change the format. I think I warned you about this last week. And by the way, if you supported Guadalupe Radio Network last week during our share thank you for doing that. God bless you. God love you. We appreciate your your hard-earned money being donated to the cause. It helps us in a great way to continue our apostolate. So thank you for, for your generous gift. Uh, but we are going to, as of today, we're no longer going to have a good news segment in this hour. We're no longer going to have the Saint of the Day or the Gospel of the Day commentary in this hour. All of that was in the first hour. Uh, Rudy Carlos was incorporating some of the good news into his regular news segments. So we're going to, in fact, what we're going to do is we're going to have yet another guest segment for you so we can cover more ground, praise be to God, starting today. So you can expect that. In fact, we're going to have a a full lineup this whole week uh, of folks. Uh, Brent Haynes is going to be on. I mean, there's going to be some familiar faces. Tito Edwards from BigPublic.com is going to be here. David O'Gray is going to be on later this week. So we're even going to talk with Rhonda Grunewald about vocations this week. So Stick around. It's going to be a great week of additional guest interviews. But again, if you want to hang out with us in the after show, you can do so in one of our live video feeds on our website at grnonline.com forward slash cdt. Uh, but that's the deal. Praise be to God. And uh, we're, we're looking forward to all of that. Uh, good morning to you, Mark Houck. Morning, Jill McLean. How are you? Praise be to God. I'm alive and that counts. But barely. Yes, it does. And like out of all three of us in the <laughs> studio, what I think we have we have uh, we've we we can rack up about maybe four hours of sleep last night between all of us. <laughs> I got so. three. Okay. Well, there's. Is the, is the grandbaby sleeping in your bedroom now? <laughs> Praise be to God. That's the only one that is sleeping. As I think the third grandchild. The other two, forget it. Not happening. Uh, but no, it's it's been great uh, with the grandbaby. Actually, I got to That's meet awesome. him for the first time the other day. How are you, my friend? Good. I can't complain. You know, summer's here and the kids are off school, and so uh, you know we're excited. You we're, guys we're take summer business. off? You're like man. Well, you're running a loose a ship a over there. What it's like? What's <laughs> going? You're like a homeschooler. You're taking summer off. We take we're taking a month and a half off. We'll pick back up in July. So oh, I keep them we're, cranking. We're I, you know, we they got chores, schooling. I mean, uh, they oh, got to learn how to do that. oil changes, tire rotations. They got stuff to do. They got stuff. Oh, they're to cooking do. meals and still their <laughs> chores, but they're not doing uh, phonics this this week. Yeah. <laughs> I tease. Uh, t- uh, the the Kingsman Apostolate. You guys just wrapped up a great fundraiser yourself. Oh yeah, yeah. Thanks for sharing it when we were on with you. 
Um, yeah, we did a little raffle. It was low overhead, which was great for me. Um, everything was online, and um, people were very generous, which is great. You just had your share -thon. So, you know, I, as you know, Joe, uh, with the COVID, there are a lot of um, – the pandemic, that is. There were a lot of nonprofits that had to close. Yeah. And, uh, but they, they said at that time that less people are giving, but of the people that are giving, they're giving more, which oh, yeah. I found to be true. And uh, the people just continue to be more and more generous. Repeat donors, as you well know. So yeah. we had a great we had a great fundraiser, got raffle giveaway. It was a lot of fun. Praise be to God. Yeah, you know, with five dollar a gallon gas national average, mm. what are you guys paying up there in North Philly? What is your We're we're above five. We're uh, I saw the highest was like five nineteen. Wow. Uh, yeah. Wow. Uh interesting times. Um I, and I think a lot of people are talking about that we're already living in a recession. I was l looking at some economist commentary this morning was saying, you know, if people start talking about recession, it almost automatically triggers an actual recession. So uh, a lot of people are saying we're already there. We, and I was watching a, a video over the weekend that was analyzing all of the areas of economy that have skyrocketed. Clothes, gas, of course, food prices are off. Uh, you know, uh, in high record highs all across the board, in almost every category you can think of, people are paying more. And so it's always impressive to me that, in spite of all of that, there are still people who give and give generously. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, because God loves a cheerful giver, and they understand the need in the church, you know, time, treasure, and talent, and they just get it. Um, I, it's amazing. I'm amazed, and, and and yet you and I, Joe, we're still we're called to give as well. Yeah, uh, and and we should. And it's always convicting to me when I see somebody who you know a little bit more intimately about their their journey, and you say, "Wow, I can't believe they made a hundred dollar or two hundred dollar donation." Right, and just they just it's the widow's might, and they yeah. and they see the good and the gifting, and God is never outdone in generosity to these people. And the very wealthy people, what I've noticed, they just keep getting wealthier because they give <laughs> most of their money away. It's hmm. incredible. Yeah, well, let's not start that. I mean, Amazon made a boatload <laughs> of money through that pandemic. I'm just saying. <laughs> At any rate, uh, let's talk about the Kingsmen for a moment here before we talk about living virtuously. Um, the Kingsmen uh, does uh, men's retreats, men's formation, helping men grow in leader, protector, provider, masculine spirituality. Uh, talk to me about your retreat offerings uh, that are coming up this year. Sure. So uh, we're going to be uh, next in line in Flagstaff, Arizona, uh, in the mid-September, which hopefully you'll be there and, and MC that weekend for us. But that's going to be a great outdoor experiential retreat in Mormon Lake, Flagstaff, if you've never been, uh, about 30 minutes from the airport there, two and a half north of Phoenix. Mm -hmm. And that's a place we've been going to for the last six, seven years and it's been a wonderful oasis for us, and it's a great way to pull in our brothers out on the West Coast and in your area to join us, although we have many fly, that fly in from all over. So that's the next one. And then we have our healing retreat, which ends our retreat season uh, November 3rd through the 6th, which is called Samson. So we have the End of the Wild in Flagstaff. People can learn about in, that into the wild com. And then Samson is the healing retreat November 3rd through the 6th in New Jersey. Yeah, uh, and I can go to samsonretreat.com. Speaking of Phoenix, how sad was it to hear Bishop Olmstead got his uh, retirement accepted like, post-haste as quickly as possible? Thanks, thanks, but uh, have a great day. You, you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here, Bishop. 
You know, I, I was very prophetic in, in proclaiming that that was going to happen. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> Archbishop Chaput had the same experience here in Philadelphia. So, yeah. It was signed, sealed, delivered before he was even put in the mail. Right. Uh, I was sad to hear that, but I knew it was going to happen. And we'll miss Bishop Olmsted and his leadership and his strident, you know, Bishop Strickland type leadership. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I think in some ways, it's it's sad on a number of levels because we just don't know what will happen. Of course, it was Cardinal Elect McElroy's assistant that got named to that diocese now. And um, how will this change the efforts to to build men in leader protective provider roles? That's the question of the day, and uh, you know it's going to be very troubling. And I, I think as a layman. I was talking about this earlier, how I used to pray for Our Lady to appear to convert the world so it would be easier as a dad to, uh, to raise my kids. And unfortunately, um, we have a difficult task ahead of us to raise kids to become saints in the midst of a declining culture. Mm -hmm. We do, and uh, we need our shepherds to encourage us. And that's one of the things that Bishop Thomas Olmsted has been doing for me. Mm. He met with me about eight, nine years ago. And he, he was the most humble guy, and he, and he sat in his office with me and one of his staffers, and he just encouraged us. He just encouraged us to continue to do what we're doing, and he didn't put up any obstacles. This is exactly what Archbishop Champieu did when he came to Philadelphia. He's like, how can I help you? Mm -hmm. How can I help you uh, spread the gospel, Lumen Gentium? You know, it is the lady's responsibility to evangelize. And so these bishops, these types of bishops, understand that. Yeah. Um, and I hope all of them do, but not all of them seem to support lay movements and, and lay evangelization the way Bishop Olmsted has done. Yeah, which brings us to talking about uh, a brand new program that's going to be airing across the Guadalupe Radio Network. If I'm not mistaken, it airs today. Uh, it's, a pro, it's a program designed to teach people to live virtuous life, a life to live joyfully. Father Sam Medley is the main host, but you are participating in this. Tell us about it. Right. Well, thanks to you and, and always thinking of me, um, I was given an opportunity to, um, to guest host. And it looks like Tuesday is going to be my day of, of uh, hosting. So I'm greatly looking forward to joining the GRN family and sharing some soul food at times. I mean, <laughs> cheesesteak soul food, you know, Philly country style. But You're making me uh, hungry. We, it's still too early to eat. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, no, I'm looking forward to it, you know, talking about life yeah. and, and just how we walk the walk and, you know, good, bad, and the ugly, all of it. And, um, and the sanctification of it all mm -hmm. uh, is, is there for all of us. So looking forward to, to having those holy conversations with your audience. Yeah, so it airs 3 p.m. Central, 4 Eastern, and it starts with the Divine Mercy Chaplet, as is our typical, our custom here across the GRN. And then uh, the latter part of the hour, the last 45 minutes, are, are going to be hosted by uh, mostly Father Sam Medley from the Society of Our Lady of the Most Holy Trinity. We've had him on not that long ago. And then, of course, as you said, Mark, you're going to be on for Tuesdays. Uh, Monsignor Charles Pope is going to be on for Fridays. And uh, sometimes there'll be some fill-ins because uh, Father Sam offers retreats and and does missions and that kind of thing. So he may not be around, and we'll have to uh, fill in for that. But generally speaking, that's the lineup. And I find it interesting because so many Catholics today seem completely ignorant to the virtues, just living a virtuous life. You know, and so much of Catholic radio covers 
like uh, the tough questions, you know, about you know the dogmas or issues, or apologetics or parental and relationship advice. But uh, how much of it is dedicated to actually teaching us to live virtuously? Because one thing I said at the, in the last hour, in uh, sort of demonstrating how base our our culture has become, how pagan it's becoming, is the one answer to everything is not who we can vote into office. It's living a uh, li- living a good and holy life. Living in a state of grace is the answer to all the world's problems. And yet too few of us actually try to do that. Yeah, Benedict Rochelle, Father Benedict Rochelle said in his books, Spiritual Passages, that there's enough grace in the ordinary of the everyday life to make us each a saint. And so, you know, for us to, to, to see that opportunity each day and waking up, getting up at 3 a.m. like you get up to, to go prepare and get, get into the show, uh, you know, making your bed, making a cup of coffee, there's so much grace in the midst of those those little things that we do that we just take for granted. Yeah. Uh, going to work, being on time, being punctual. There's virtue in all of it. You know, Therese of Lisieux said there's, everything is grace. So we need to just bring that to people's attention and make them more aware that God is all around us, of course, but that grace is abounding, especially when we do things that are very sacrificial in nature where we don't really want to do them. So we'll, we'll, we'll get into a lot of that on, our, on this program. You know, also the opportunity to suffer, suffer well for the world. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I was talking about that in the gospel today, and we were talking about that with Our Lady Guadalupe. Uh, Satan literally uh, uh, made his headquarters Mexico City. You know, it wasn't called Mexico City at the time, but that was literally his headquarters. I, I remember reading the account of Hernan Cortez encountering, having climbed to the top of this pyramid temple there, and uh, demanding that he be led into this inside of this temple and seeing firsthand how diabolical and utterly demonic this whole thing was, this whole affair. And, um, and seeing that for the first time, he was convicted there and then that these people must be defeated for the glory of God and for their own salvation. And Our Lady, so long-suffering, in spite of their evilness to murdering hundreds of thousands, of human persons at their altars. Uh, in spite of it all, she came to convert them and us. I think that's pretty amazing. Well, our, the stories of Our Lady and, and, of course, her intervention for her children, for us, uh, is just so inspiring. But like you said, the suffering, as John Paul II would say, you know, don't waste it. Don't waste yeah. the suffering. Yeah. When you have suffering, there's an opportunity there to unite to the cross, right? Yeah. I got the cross right behind me, and, and you have a wonderful crucifix right behind you. It, it, it's a wonderful way to, to enter into that salvific journey that Paul talks about that we make up for what is lacking in Christ's suffering. Our participation, Joe, that's, yeah. that's what's lacking. And so every day is an opportunity to, to do that. Yeah, amen. Praise be to God. Mark Houck is our guest. Uh, we're getting ready to go to a break, and we're going to come back, and we're going to play Fear and Trembling, actually. Uh, we have prizes at stake this week, a new prize pack, but I would encourage you to check out and to share with friends and family a brand-new show called uh, A Life Lived Joyfully. It's all about living virtuous lives uh, with Father Sam Medley of the Society of Related Most Holy Trinity, Mark Houck from the King's Men Apostolate, by the way, thekingsmen.org, I think is the website, Mark. Yes, correct. So he'll be on tomorrow on Tuesday, but tune in today, 3 o'clock Central, 4 Eastern, across the GRN for a life lived joyfully. Mark, God bless you. God bless you, and uh, have a great day. Thank you, guys. Bless you.
All right, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Fear and Trembling is up next. Are there any basic rules for doing apologetics? 1 Peter 3.15 says, Always be prepared to make a defense. Always be prepared, Scripture tells us. How can we always be prepared to make a defense of our faith? Rule number one, pray. Pray to the Holy Spirit that He give you the courage to share your faith and the wisdom to choose your words carefully and profitably. Rule number two, you don't have to know everything right now. Learn a little bit more about your faith each and every day. Read Scripture. Read the Catechism. Listen to Apologetics tapes. Listen to Catholic Radio. Learn a little bit at a time. Rule number three, Luke 5, verse 10. Do not be afraid. Henceforth, you will be catching men. Jesus said this to Peter, but he's also saying it to us. Will you make mistakes and get into tight spots when you start sharing your faith with others? Yes, of course you will. But Peter made mistakes, and he got into tight spots. Yet Jesus told Peter not to be afraid. Why? Because if we are sincere in our desire to share the truth with others, to share Jesus Christ with others, then Jesus will find a way to make good come from even our mistakes. Rule number four, always view a question about your faith or even an attack on your faith as an opportunity, an opportunity to share the truth. Rule number five, don't get frustrated. Catholics often get frustrated by what I call the doctrinal dance. You get asked about purgatory, Mary, the Pope, sacraments, all in rapid fire succession. Before you can answer one question, you're asked another, then another. Just keep bringing the discussion back to one topic until you've said all you want to say, then move on. Rule number six, never be afraid to say, I don't know, when asked a question about your faith. Don't try to wing it. However, always follow I don't know with, but I will find out and get back to you and make sure you do. A beacon of truth in a troubled world. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. <laughs> the Catholic Trivia Game Show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. And now your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Fear and Trembling here on Catholic Drive Time. With that phone number, if you would like to be our contestant, call right now at 877-757-9424. That phone number is 877-757-9424. Call to be our contestant at 877-757-9424. But there are, as I say, uh, secrets and agendas. I just don't want you to tell anybody, all right? So if you'll promise me you won't share my secrets or my agendas, then I can share them with you. But number one, we like to teach the faith. We look for teachable moments in the questions where you might learn something you did not know before. Praise be to God. And then, of course, we like to have a laugh. We like to have a good time. And our callers are actually the best. Praise be to Jesus. And then we give out prizes, which makes this a winner for everybody involved. But if you're new here, let me explain. We do have three Catholic trivia questions in front of us. But the catch is, the kicker is, we don't ask our caller these questions. So they don't actually need to know any of the correct answers and could still win the game. And that's because instead of asking them, I shall ask Rudy, I shall ask Adrian, one of which will be correct, the other will be incorrect, and the caller will then have 15 seconds on the clock to make a decision. Whomst do they trust more, Rudy or Adrian? And then every correct answer goes into the coffee cup of divine providence to win this week's prize. Rudy, 
What could they win? Joe, guess what month it is. It is June. And? It's the, the colorful Sacred Heart. Uh, oh, yeah. oh. Well, actually, <laughs> it's still the month of the most sacred heart of our blessed Lord Jesus. Praise be to God. And you remember that one saying, mm-hmm. one small step for man, one, one giant, giant leap. step. That was a Hollywood leap. step, by the way, wasn't yes, it? Yes, it was. Okay. Well, you're going to take <laughs> one giant leap for the sacred heart. Yes. And, uh, mm-hmm. Because this week's prize, excuse me, okay. is a beautiful Sacred Heart pennant. Wow. You put it on your lawn. Grazia Design Company was founded in 2018 by Stephanie Roberts in pursuit of a lifelong dream of running her own business and creating art for the glory of God. Amen. On her site, you'll find everything you need for liturgical living from amazing Catholic stationery to home and kitchen items. This week, Stephanie has offered a Sacred Heart lawn flag and a $20 gift card for the winner. Praise be Please God. check out her website at graziadesignco.com yeah. that's wow. g-r-a-t-i-a design co.com show yeah. her some love thank yeah. you so much gracia design co amen to that praise be to god we're very grateful to have this uh, prize to give away in this month of the sacred heart of jesus praise jesus let's go to the phones Anne marie good morning to you good morning joe praise be to god our friend from uh from maryland uh isn't it you go to mother elizabeth ann seton parish there I do. Yeah, praise God. How are you? Um, I've been. It's, it's been a, that last week was a very challenging week for me with mom. Mm. Let me tell you. Oh really? Oh, yeah. we'll, we'll continue to pray for your mother. Is she okay? Yeah, just becoming two. Yeah, sure. I understand. Not, not ninety-two. Two. <laughs> I I understand. Um, yeah, I, I I've kind of been through it a little bit myself. Mm. And uh, I get how that goes. Praise be to God. We're, we're grateful that you're on. And you did throw us some couple of challenges, some Marian apparition challenges. But uh, Yeah, I just want to uh, say thank you for that. Yeah, no need to fact check Radio. us, but I, I'm sure we nailed every one of them. 100%. 100%. 100%. Uh, our Lady of Pilar was not it. Well, okay. Funny story. So you, uh, you gave like an 11-something. I forget what it was. but $4.60. Was it $4.60 for that one? Okay, yeah. uh, Dave Palmer responded by saying, I didn't realize your lady was appearing that early. And so I responded to Dave on the back end to say, Dave, our lady Pilar was mid-40s A.D. It wasn't an apparition, it was a bilocation. But nonetheless, our lady was making her visits early. And so I was responding to Dave about that. I wasn't trying to give an answer, but they read it like it he was the answer. It as, as, and he took it around with that one. Yes, he did. Like, okay, so you, you're going to be super lazy and just give, throw something out there. Okay. In his defense, though, Anne-Marie, you're on Sherathon oh, mode. Oh. You'd have zero chance to, like, truly do in-depth research as to figure out how. I'm aware because yeah. I had to call in later in the day because you were looking for a certain number of callers yeah. on the line at the time. Yeah, and we're very grateful for that. All right. It's time to play our game, though. We're going to run out of time if we don't get started. But, Anne-Marie, we're grateful you're here. You know the deal. You've been on this game show a few times. Let's start with Rudy. Rudy, uh, let's go here. Good morning to you. Good morning, Joe. Uh, the uh, Team Rudy clan team is uh, sure tuned in this morning. Very good. They will be interested to know you have no tie on. I have no tie, but so, I have a checkered blue shirt. What does that mean? Yeah. What does what it does all mean? mean? I don't know. 
Well, there are forums that they're actually talking about these types of things now. Ah, Some yeah. 4chan, I'm not sure. Yikes, but, I don't uh, want to be there. <laughs> <laughs> Rudy, can you tell me what famous Catholic monk took the name Father Augustine and was later excommunicated for heresy? Oh, man, this guy, he's the worst. His name yeah. was Martin Calvin. Really? Yeah. Martin Calvin. Martin Calvin. Where, where's he from? That difference between Calvin Martin? Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Martin oh. Calvin, you yeah. say. I can't believe that guy. Okay, okay. Adrian, you're an expert in heretics. This is true. In fact, I've been accused of being a heretic many times. I was going to say that, but you shared it too soon. (laughs) All right, uh, Adrian, can you tell me what famous Catholic monk took the name Father Augustine Mm. and was later excommunicated for heresy? Yes, that would be the arch-heretic himself, Martin Luther. Martin Luther? Mm -hmm. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Okay. I am Marie. Uh, is this famous heretic that used to be named Father Augustine? Is his real name Martin Luther, as Adrian says, or is it Martin Calvin, as Rudy says? Which Martin is it? And Marie, 15 seconds on the clock, what say you? I think it's Adrian. Well put. I like it. Masterfully said. Martin Calvin. I mean, you don't want to be too confident when going with Adrian, right? You don't want to, like, just. Now, now I've actually been considered a mm-hmm. heretic when I was going. To CCD because I asked a question that the teacher couldn't answer. Okay, well, Ooh. it happens. It's, I feel that it'd be I like that, that way personal sometimes. level. <laughs> All right, <laughs> you're in for one. Martin Luther is the correct answer. Uh, we're gonna go see if we can't uh, double your chances here. Well done on that first one. We're gonna go back to Adrian for this. Adrian, that's me. Can you tell me? Maybe. What term refers to the blessing or benediction mm. given by the Pope? Yes. That would be the Magna Benedicere. Gesundheit. Thank you. <laughs> what was it again? The Magna Benedicere. The Magna Benedicere. Mm-hmm. That was your answer. That is my answer. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hey, Rudy, uh, you are a liturgical blessing expert, I'm sure. I am. Can you I'm tell authorized me? to give them. <laughs> are you? Mm-hmm. Yikes. <laughs> That's a different ballgame altogether. <laughs> what term refers to the blessing or benediction given by His Holiness? Please bow your heads right now. Yes. <laughs> it's um, called no. an apostolic blessing <laughs> or the papal blessing. Not uh, not Magna Benedicite. No. Today. There's a really cool one of uh, Pope Benedict giving one. He's so cheerful about it. Oh, really? That's great. Is it? Yeah. Interesting. How do you know he's the Pope? Because he wears white? You may now unbow your head. Wears a ring? Yeah. name? I'm just red kidding. shoes? <laughs> <laughs> he did wear the red shoes. I saw that in 2005. He dresses like Frater Giovanni? Super cool. Just saying. He does mm. dress like Frater. Anyway, all right, Anne-Marie. Is it the apostolic blessing, as Rudy seems to think, or is it the magna, magna benedicere rude? Hey, <laughs> Latin is getting better, Joe. As Adrian <laughs> seems to think. Hey? I think that Adrian was really stretching on that one because it's Rudy. <laughs> <laughs> Said with such great confidence. Praise be to God. In fact, it is the apostolic blessing. And no amount of shenanigans on our part seem to throw you. No amount of magnas will, con- yeah. will confuse yeah, and you. And I'm apparently. Irish, so there you go. Yeah, you are not going to be fooled. All right, well, it may be on this last one. Who knows? It's possible. It's easily the hardest one of the day. This is definitely the hardest question we ever had. Ever? In the history of Catholic Drive Time. I don't know about that. You've been giving me a lot of the history of Catholic Drive Time. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Third question. Back to Rudy. Rudy, can you tell me? Is poverty one of the fruits of the Holy Ghost? (sighs) Is 
poverty one of the fruits of the Holy Ghost? Yes, that was actually the no, but no, really, it might help you gain those fruits. Seriously, maybe. Wow, just maybe. Okay, but the answer is no. The answer is no. You say yes. Okay. Uh, Adrian. Yes. Can you tell me? Probably. Uh, is poverty okay. one of the fruits of the Holy Ghost? Poverty. Well. Is poverty a fruit? Well, obviously it's not a fruit, but mm-hmm. I like is it a fruit of the Holy Ghost? Yeah. Well, I'm going to say absolutely poverty is a is a one of the fruits of the Holy Ghost. Huh. Gee, I didn't see that coming. I know. Uh, all right, Anne-Marie. Uh, is poverty one of the fruits of the Holy Ghost? Adrian says absolutely, whereas Rudy says no, but it could be helpful. 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Anne-Marie, what say you? Adrian on this one. He didn't he didn't have any way of giving that one <laughs> Oh no <laughs> Just like inflation inflecting inflecting fruit, so did Adrian today. It's over. Yeah. So in fact the answer is no. Poverty is not among Yes, the it's fruits. no. The the answer is no. No, no it's yes. It's <laughs> not a part of the fruits of the Holy Ghost. But it is helpful. Yeah. <laughs> Poor in spirit. What was that again? Anyway. We're in a theological version. Don't worry about it, Anne-Marie. You're in for two. Praise be to God. Thanks for having a laugh with us and a fun time. God bless you. God love you. We're going to be praying for your mom especially and for you, for your sanity. Yeah, I love you guys. You guys are just so fun. God bless you. Thank Have a you, great Anne-Marie. day, Anne-Marie. From Germantown, Maryland. Hey, listen, if you guys want to hang out with us and continue to chat, laugh, and joke, and all the rest with us with Frater Giovanni, it's coming up in the after show, which is live streamed on our website as well as several of the platforms. All are linked on the website at grnonline.com forward slash CDT. That's grnonline.com forward slash CDT. And again, if you donated last week, God bless you. We love that. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. The Guadalupe Radio Network now brings you the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass from the chapel at Our Lady of Corpus Christi in Corpus Christi, Texas. Welcome to the Holy Mass at Our Lady of Corpus Christi. Today we celebrate the memorial of St. Anthony of Padua, doctor and priest. We offer this Holy Sacrifice of the Mass for all the intentions of our online viewers and all those listening in on Guadalupe Radio Network. O worship the King, all glorious above, O gratefully sing His power and His love, our shield and defender, the ancient of days, pavilioned in splendor and girded with praise. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Let us acknowledge our sins and so prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mysteries. 
I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore, I ask Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Kyrie eleison, Kyrie eleison, Christ eleison, Christ eleison, Kyrie eleison, Kyrie eleison. Let us pray. Almighty ever-living God, who gave St. Anthony of Padua to your people as an outstanding preacher and as an intercessor in their need, grant that with his assistance, as we follow the teachings of the Christian life, we may know your help in every trial. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. A reading from the first book of Kings. Naboth the Jezreelite had a vineyard in Jezreel, next to the palace of Ahab king of Samaria. Ahab said to Naboth, Give me your vineyard to be my vegetable garden, since it is close by next to my house. I will give you a, letter, a better vineyard in exchange, or if you prefer, I will give you its value in money. Naboth answered him, The Lord forbid that I should give you my ancestral heritage. Ahab went home disturbed and angry at the answer Naboth the Jezreelite had made to him. I will not give you my ancestral heritage. Lying down on his bed, he turned away from food and would not eat. His wife Jezebel came to him and said to him, Why are you so angry that you will not eat? He answered her, Because I spoke to Naboth the Jezreelite and said to him, Sell me your vineyard, or if you prefer, I will give you a vineyard in exchange. But he refused to let me have his vineyard. His wife Jezebel said to him, A fine ruler over Israel you are indeed. Get up, eat and be cheerful. I will obtain the vineyard of Naboth the Jezreelite for you. So she wrote letters in Ahab's name, and having sealed them with his seal, sent them to the elders and the nobles who lived in the same city with Naboth. This is what she wrote in the letters. Proclaim a fast and set Naboth at the head of the people. Next, get two scoundrels to face him and accuse him of having cursed God and king. Then take him out and stone him to death. His fellow citizens, the elders and nobles who dwelt in his city, did as Jezebel had ordered them in writing, through the letters she had sent them. They proclaimed a fast and placed Naboth at the head of the people. Two scoundrels came in and confronted him with the accusation, Naboth has cursed God and king, and they led him out of the city and stoned him to death. Then they sent information to Jezebel that Naboth had been stoned to death. When Jezebel learned that Naboth had been stoned to death, she said to Ahab, Go on, take possession of the vineyard, and Naboth the Jezreelite, that he refused to sell you, because Naboth is not alive but dead. On hearing that Naboth was dead, Ahab started off his way down to the vineyard of Naboth the Jezreelite to take possession of it.
the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Responsorial Psalm Lord, listen to my groaning. Hearken to my words, O Lord, attend to my sighing. Heed my call for help, my King and my God. Lord, listen to my groaning. At dawn I bring my plea expectantly before you. For you, O God, delight not in wickedness. No evil man remains with you. The arrogant may not stand in your sight. Lord, listen to my groaning. You hate all evildoers. You destroy all who seek falsehood. The bloodthirsty and the deceitful the Lord abhors. Lord, listen to my groaning. Alleluia, 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 Alleluia. A lamp to my feet is your word, a light to my path. Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, Lord. Jesus said to his disciples, You have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, offer no resistance to one who is evil. When someone strikes you on your right cheek, turn the other one to him as well. If anyone wants to go to law with you over your tunic, hand him over your cloak as well. Should anyone press you into service for one mile, go with him for two miles. Give to the one who asks of you, and do not turn your back on one who wants to borrow. The Gospel of the Lord. At first, when we read the first reading, you ask the question, why do we have to learn about this evil guy, you know, Ahab? You know, and, and it's Ahab, evil obviously triumphs in this story. And the thing is about Ahab is just as he said, Naboth is not alive, but dead. Ahab, uh, you know, Ahab is dead too. And at the end of all of their, our lives, God is the one that is going to ultimately judge us. And the scriptures are only revealing the evil intentions of people who ultimately do not triumph because God is the one, again, God judges all. And it's better for you to have to endure and lose your life so that you go to heaven rather than to lose your soul and go to hell. That's ultimately the, the moral of that story. And in the gospel, you have the means of that. Anytime you react to someone who does violence to you with violence, you put yourself as their equal. You are also become a violent person. The nature of meekness is not weakness. Weak, meekness means self-possessed confidence. That you don't react the same way as someone who does you harm. You return according to God's law because you are self-possessed. Turning the other cheek doesn't mean that you don't resist what they are doing. You don't, it's not, it doesn't mean you're not resisting the evil or the violence with which they struck you. 
it means it basically I don't know if you've ever, ever um, learned about what it's like to resist a torturer you basically are saying is that all you got <laughs> I got another cheek if you know it means that I'm not moved or afraid or in the slightest way upset by you I do not allow my interior I don't allow you inside of me I don't I'm not letting you get in my head I and in Jesus Christ and while this world is violent with its machinations manipulations and all its dramas I am going to remain soundly rock solidly in Jesus Christ and that means I'm going to be self-possessed so that no matter what anybody does I am still going to be proclaiming God's mercy even if those people around me are doing and you know I, I hear I hear this a lot there's a certain kind of Catholic they were saying I, I was talking to this lady the other day and she's like oh there's so much evil in the world there's so much evil and she's getting all upset with the world evil and I said well there's not evil between this conversation so why bring it into it you know like there's no disturbance between you and I speaking right now so let's be in this moment and enjoy the gift of God right right here in front of us let's not get overwhelmed by something that doesn't exist here and now uh, in other words she was allowing the evil to get inside of her and get in her head and say oh you know there's so many more good things that are happening in the world right now there's good news that is a lot louder and a lot more powerful and a lot more present than any kind of bad news and that's what we have to focus on and that's why we have people like Saint Anthony of Padua an expert a doctor on proclaiming the good news did you know that his tongue is incorrupt in Padua because he was such a great preacher he had the entire Bible memorized and he would he would preach and it was a kind of preaching because it was in Jesus Christ because it was in Christ and that's the most important thing uh, when we're engaging in the moral or political or any kind of issues of our time it is important for us like Saint Anthony of Padua not to hit the tennis ball back just to take well I'm gonna put some of that fire on you that you put on me is to proclaim the gospel into that situation not be moved not be threatened not in the slightest way be afraid of, of what's going on but to say Jesus to have that conversation with Christ and that's where preaching comes from it comes from communion very intimate communion with Christ you're saying Jesus how do you see this world and he'll show you a very different way that you climb up on the cross with him and you look at the eyes of the world through the cross instead of looking at the cross through the eyes of the world you look at, at politics or social problems through the eyes of Jesus rather than looking at Jesus through the eyes of the social problems and the political things and that's ultimately what meekness is that's what turning the other cheek means that your resistance to evil isn't, isn't your resistance it's Christ proclaiming the gospel in very difficult and even violent situations the person to help us do this besides Saint Anthony Padua of course is our Blessed Mother Mary so let us ask her for this kind of awesome uh, a share in her immaculate tenacity let us rise and bring our petitions to the Lord we pray for the whole church that it may have the meekness of Jesus Christ the courage the wisdom and the self-possession to proclaim the gospel in season and out of season regardless of reception 
For this we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray for our Holy Father, all bishops and priests, that they may have the courage of the martyrs. For this we pray to the Lord. We pray for our government leaders. We pray for that they may not obstruct Christ or the natural law in every human heart, especially for an end to abortion, same-sex unions, gender confusion, and human trafficking. We pray to the Lord. We pray for the sick, the suffering, the poor, those who are disturbed, those who have been shaken, all those who have been through trauma. For these we pray to the Lord. We pray for all of our beloved dead that they may enter the Father's eternal glory. We pray to the Lord. Eternal and blessed Father, we ask you to hear us for make these and all our holy our petitions in the holy name of Jesus Christ and through the powerful intercession of our Mother Mary as we pray. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, Pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Father, we adore you. Lay our lives before you. How we love you. Jesus, we adore you. Lay our lives before you. How we love you. Spirit, we adore you. Lay our lives before you. Pray, brethren, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. May the sacrifice which we gladly present on the feast day of St. Anthony of Padua be pleasing to you, O God. For taught by him, we too give ourselves entirely to you in praise, through Christ our Lord. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly right and just, our duty and our salvation, always and everywhere, to give you thanks, Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Eternal God. For you are praised in the company of your saints, and in crowning their merits, you crown your own gifts. By the way of life, you offer us an example. By communion with them, you give us companionship. By their intercession, sure support. So that encouraged by so great a cloud of witnesses, we may run as victors in the race before us and win with them the imperishable crown of glory through Christ our Lord. And so with the angels and archangels, with the great multitude of the saints, we sing the hymn of your praise as without end we acclaim. Sanctus, Sanctus, Sanctus Dominus Deus Abhau, Leni Suncelia Terra, Gloria Tua, O Sanna in excelsis, Benedictus, qui venet in nomine domini, O Sanna in excelsis. You are indeed holy, O Lord, the fount of all holiness. 
Make holy, therefore, these gifts, we pray, by sending down your Spirit upon them like the dewfall, so that they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. At the time he was betrayed and entered willingly into his passion, he took bread and giving thanks broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it, for this is my body, which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice, and once more giving thanks, he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it, for this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. A mystery of faith, we proclaim your death, O Lord, and profess your resurrection until you come again. Therefore, as we celebrate the memorial of his death and resurrection, we offer you, Lord, the bread of life and the chalice of salvation, giving thanks that you have held us worthy to be in your presence and minister to you. Humbly we pray that partaking of the body and blood of Christ, we may be gathered into one by the Holy Spirit. Remember, Lord, your church spread throughout the world and bring her to the fullness of charity, together with Francis, our Pope, Michael, our Bishop, and all the clergy. Remember also our brothers and sisters who have fallen asleep in the hope of the resurrection and all who have died in your mercy. Welcome them into the light of your face have mercy on us all, we pray, that with the Blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, Blessed Joseph, her spouse, with the Blessed Apostles, and all the saints who have pleased you throughout the ages, we may merit to be coerced to eternal life, and may praise and glorify you through your Son, Jesus Christ. Grow him and with him and in him, O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit. All glory and honor is yours forever and ever. Amen. Proceptus salutaribus moniti, et divin institutioni formati, audehemus dicere, Pater noster, qui es in celis, sanctifice tuur nomen tuum, Adveniat regnum tuum, fiat voluntas tua, sicut in celo et in terra. Panem nostrum quotidianum, da nobis hodie, et emite nobis tabita nostra, sicut et nos dimitimus, dabitoribus nostris, et ne nos inducas in tentationem, sed libera nos amahalo. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil, 
graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church, and graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign forever and ever. The peace of the Lord be with you always. On May Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those who are called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word, and my soul shall be healed. Communion Antiphon. Behold, a faithful and prudent steward to give them their allowance of food at the proper time. spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul, since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally. Come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there, and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. Santa Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in hora mortis nostre. Amen. 
Jesus, my Lord, my God, my all, how can I love thee as I ought? And how revere this wondrous gift, so far surpassing hope or thought? Sweet sacrament we thee adore, O make us love thee more and more, O make us love thee more and more. Had I but Mary's sinless heart, with which to love thee, dearest King, O with what bursts of fervent and praise, Thy goodness, Jesus, would I sing. Sweet sacrament we thee adore, O make us love thee more and more, O make us love thee more and more. Let us pray. Through Christ the teacher, O Lord, instruct those you feed with Christ the living bread, that on the feast day of St. Anthony of Padua they may learn your truth and express it in works of charity. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Go in the peace of Christ. Salve Regina, Mater Misericordiae, Vita Tucedo, Herzpes Nostra Salve, A Te Clamamus, Exules Filii Heve, A Te Suspivamus, Gementes et Plentes, in hot lacrimarum vale, eha ergo advocata nostra, in hostuos misericordes oculos, ad nos converte, et Jesum, fructum ventris tui, nobis post hoc exilium, Ostende, O Clemens, O The Prayer to St. Michael St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world seeking the ruins of souls. Amen. Prayer of Deliverance 
Almighty God and Father, we beg thee through the intercession and help of the archangels, St. Michael, Raphael, and Gabriel, for the deliverance of our brothers and sisters who are enslaved by the evil one from anxiety, sadness, and obsessions. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From hatred, fornication, and envy. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From thoughts of jealousy, rage, and death. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every thought of suicide and abortion. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every form of sinful sexuality. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every division in our family and every harmful friendship. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every sort of spell, malefice, witchcraft, and every form of the occult. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. Thou who said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, grant that through the intercession of the Virgin Mary we may be liberated from every demonic influence and enjoy thy peace always. In the name of Christ our Lord. Amen. Celebrating 2,000 years of truth, this is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your Hi, this is Maureen Sanders from Holy Rosary Network. Radio for your Hi, this is Maureen Sanders from Holy Rosary Church in Rosenberg, Texas. You are listening to KSHJ 1430 AM, Catholic Radio for Houston. 